Welcome to From the Back Tees, a podcast where we tee it up from the back every week. Welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast. We got a special midnight episode, so it is January 14th, 2021. We just finished the Century Tournament of Champions. We got our crew here. How's it going, guys? If I'm a little drowsy, man, we gotta, you got to cut me some slack. It's super late here on the West Coast. Not hey, really. You're, you're in the West Coast. You're but I'm an, I'm an old man, Zach. Like, I need to go to bed. So Married life, it'll do that to you. I'm not going to lie. I was, I was actually laying in bed watching the first Tiger documentary because I hadn't watched it yet. Watching, like, I'd gotten through, like, 75% of it. That's and I'm starting to fall asleep. I just have, like, class going till midnight now every second week, so it's a real shit show. How is that even legal? I have no idea. And there's, like, a stay-at-home order in Toronto, too. So, like, we're the only people out on the streets after 7 o'clock, basically. It's you and the, the hobos. You guys have homeless people in Canada? Oh, yeah. We got, a, we got so yeah. many. A lot of them. A lot of them in <laughs> Toronto. I feel bad for them. Does it get, like, into the teens up there a lot of the times? That? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Get, that, Toronto's I mean, not as bad, but Montreal is, like, terrible. It gets free. We want to go on a quick homeless person rant you know we need to have a homeless person come on the show sometime and answer some very good questions i have for them like if i'm homeless i'm going to either san diego i I might go down to mexico because that's why they're all there there's there's a famous one back at my hometown mukilteo washington look him up (laughs) look look up mukilteo washington for those listeners and look up homeless man jim You'll find an article of Jim that lives lived in the same section of trees for like 15 years. And this article on it, and it's hysterical. Go, go check it out. But yeah, yeah right. the fact that people would choose to be homeless in freaking Toronto or the Pacific Northwest where it rains 90% of the time, like, come on. You can live you anywhere. Know. You're homeless, right? Yeah, no, it's Yeah, we got to get there. You yeah. Get one on the show, Nolan. You got all, you got all, yeah, you, you can get someone. I, there's a, there's a famous, everyone knows Bicycle, Bicycle Bob. Actually, that there's a, some people call him Bicycle Bob. Some people call him Bicycle, Bicycle Bill. But um, in the town I grew up in, everyone knew him. He always had his dog in one of those like um, bike strollers behind him, just chilling. So it was a, it was like the whole town wept when his dog died and, it was like we all went into mourning. We might get like canceled for the objectification of homeless people right now. But <laughs> hey, hey. It, in all fairness, though, uh, we do love everyone. We just uh, some people are less less fortunate. We do absolutely. We're a pro people's yeah. podcast, that's for sure. You know who's not less fortunate? Harris English. <laughs> what a segue, Nolan! <laughs> Big win! Big win! Did you see the finish? I mean, Joachim Neiman on the last hole missing like a five-footer rough, but yeah. Dude, he, Harris English has been good for a very long time. People will see he just hasn't really come out of the shell. He hasn't really erupted like he has recently, but he's been good for a long time, man. I was going to say, yeah. Harris English is like the guy all the fantasy guys are like every single week. He's just top 20, and they're like, this is – he's literally like the same as Webb Simpson. He was just good for a while, disappeared, and now he's been, like, consecutively great for two straight years, hasn't won, 
up until this, and it was like a matter of time. Right. Yeah. Gonna happen. If if you go back and listen to last week's episode, I'm pretty sure um, that computer picked Harrison Lewis to finish like six or something in the FedEx Cup, and I think I kind of was like, "Who? What? Why is Harrison Lewis going to be so good?" So he uh, stuffed that one right in my face. So good on him and his first win in seven years. So that's got to be awesome. I'm sure it. I'm sure he's doing fine PGA Tour card wise, but that's always nice to get another notch on your belt. So yeah, he's been deserving of it for sure. But like I said, it was a wild ending with Joachim Neiman just missing a five footer on the last that would have won it for him, and then losing in the playoff. And English, he led like wire to wire, but then on Saturday, I think he had he sort of struggled a little bit, and then it seemed like maybe he wouldn't win. And then next thing I know, I look at the leaderboard, and he's right there at the top. Yeah, Neiman shot like nine under on Sunday to get into the playoff. Like I was like, yeah. holy smokes! It was a par. It's a par seventy three though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With with a couple short par fours too. I mean, I, it's always mm-hmm. a golf course that scores go a little lower on, but I mean, still, that's yeah. golfing your ball. Par yeah, and 18, 18's a par four, like basically. And obviously, they're all reaching that too. And yeah, his yeah, Neiman, Neiman's second shot into eighteen on the playoff hole. Like, was so close to being really good, but it just, like, skidded off the green and fell off down down that bank. It barely cleared because he kind of, like, duck-hooded a, a long iron there. But um, that was that was a fun finish. Look at him, that. It's a cool – I will say it's a cool tournament to watch every year. I mean, hopefully. I think score, scores were obviously really low – because I don't think they had as much wind as maybe they usually have. but um, No, yeah. yeah, I think that course needs, like, a ton of wind to make it difficult. One thing, Reed could probably answer this. Why were there so many, like, 380-yard drives? Is it because of, like, the altitude? No, it's obviously not. It's on sea level. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, but I think TV doesn't do some of those hills justice. Like, that one on 18 is massive. So it just rolls <laughs> down, like, 100 yards. Basically. Yeah. So you're getting you're getting a lot of roll if you're, you know, especially on some of those holes that are pitching straight down. You get some of that that wind blowing off the water there, and you get downwind. I mean, that's about as strong wind as you can get straight off the ocean, not getting blocked by anything, you know. Okay. So yeah, I think I think Tiger Woods holds still the longest drive ever on the Plantation Course. Um, I can't probably remember on, the distance. Probably on 18. Yeah, but it was something insane, like. I, the number in my head sounds insane, but I'm going to say it. I think it was like 480 yards. No way. I know. I was like, I'm pretty sure the fairway runs out before, before exactly. you get it that far. We need a fact check here on uh, Fact check on the longest drive? Because I think they were – maybe it was like 400 it. or something because they, they can get it out to like 380 on that hole, I'm pretty sure. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's, that's just a stupid number to even think about a ball going. Yeah. The longest drive, actually, 452 by Retief Goosen at the event. Oh, what? What? Okay, well, then. Uh, I found that awfully what? fast, I got to say. That was like some TV shit that I just came up with, it, like, instantly. I don't even believe it. It was so fast. But anyway, the announcers misled me then. I don't believe it. Exactly. They, uh, they shouldn't have uh, got that new guy on Jeopardy. I think you should have been the new host. Yeah. <laughs> 
just feeding answers. I don't even like know. I just Google it really quick. <laughs> just spot on. But I, I actually like this event, even though I'm not the biggest fan of all these birdie fests, but we had a lot of like top names all the, all at the top. JT was up there, Sung JM, Xander, my guy Bryson, even Sergio Garcia was there. Did anyone impress you guys, Nolan? Um, yeah, I mean, Saturday was fun to see. There was a lot of guys um, in it, like, through nine holes on Saturday. Like, it seemed like anyone could win. There was so many, um, so many guys. And then, like, even Rom was up there, I think. And um, But, yeah, I think that that's what made it fun to watch was there were so many big names who could potentially win it. And then uh, the, the low and steady guy won the race, so. Yeah, Reed. What about you? Did anyone impress you? Pop up on that leaderboard? I mean, not really, man. You talk about the tournament of champions; like they're all uh, ninety or I shouldn't say ninety percent, but most of them are going to be a lot of good names that you've heard of. You know what I mean? And especially this year, the way they did it, uh, using the top thirty on the uh, the FedEx. So if you made the Tour Championship, you got in. But um, you know, with all the COVID stuff and whatnot. But I mean. I wouldn't say I mean, uh, anyone that plays in that tournament, anyone that's going to play good is really a surprise. I mean, I think, I think everyone has the capability. I think everyone in the top 200 of the world has the capability to win a golf tournament anytime. So, tell you what, I uh, had Colin Morikawa on my mind ever since that rating from the computer came out that he wasn't going to get in the top 30 of the FedEx Cup this year. And he, on Saturday when I was watching him, it seemed like every time they showed him, he was making some – he was making a birdie, he, whether it was a, a long putt, a mid-range putt, or stuffing, stuffing a wedge. Like, every time they showed him, he was making a birdie. I think he probably had four out of – he probably birdied four out of five holes for some stretch or something that I was watching because um, didn't look like an outside-the-top-30 FedEx <laughs> Cup guy. So. Uh, expect him to do well going forward and then yeah uh, yeah i i just think some people like when they start predicting that stuff like everyone tries to pick like someone who's not going to play well you know what i mean but like i think morikawa was one of those guys like it's just so solid man like td green putter yeah whatever but like he's just a very steady eddie player and i think that gets it gets the job done a lot of the time yeah, and then one guy I think who really sort of surprised me, who I feel like people didn't catch on to, Reed, I know you talk about him a lot, Sebastian Munoz. He came T-17. He shot 16 under. And while everyone was going like eight under every single round, he did that. He just did it in the second, third, and fourth round. In the first round, he shot a 75. Wow. Had he gone 68 in the first round or 66, 66, he wins the tournament. So... Keep an that's eye crazy. On that's uh, you know that shows goes to show you one bad round can't can't ruin a golf tournament. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, was there anything else you guys? Well, one guy, the last guy. I feel like I haven't spoken about him much. Hideki was my guy, still my guy, but I don't know what's going on with him. He was like dead fucking last the whole tournament to like is, the last is Hideki is Hideki like the next Ricky Fowler? Like I don't know. I know he can't putt. I have a question for Zach, though. I mean, 
he always says Bryson, my guy, and then Hideki. Which which one's your guy, Hideki or Bryson? <laughs> Reed, I have the greatest photo with Hideki Matsuyama on my Instagram, and so he has to be my guy. Okay, yeah. so so Bryson, Bryson can like, piss off then. How could he not be my guy? <laughs> uh. <laughs> I, I went up to him. It was at the farmers, and I had to get a photo with him because I'm like, he's my guy. He had no idea what I said, so I just took out my phone, took a photo. He was so confused. <laughs> but I mean, you can't putt so it's like frustrating beyond belief yeah poor guy i mean he'll he'll he hang around the, the tour and make some good money but yeah remember he was leading the players when that got canceled too oh yeah. you're right so you like oh. nine under in the first round then it got <laughs> nine under yeah I feel like that was like tied the course record or something yeah. <laughs> brutal Oh, uh, that that's so unlucky and goes overlooked so much. Yeah, people don't talk about it enough how a deck you just got completely screwed. Just robbed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. What else, Noel? Was there anything else that uh, piqued your interest from the event? Um, I just saw a lot of players playing really well. So um, it'll be interesting moving forward. There's a lot of the same players are playing this week, so – um, it'll be interesting to see if they can carry that over. Yeah. And, uh, we're going to, we're going to preview the Sony open. You guys don't got to worry. We're going to get there, but we're going to do it after the break. I wanted to get in. There was a good amount of news that came out this week. The first one being that the masters is going to limit their fans or their attendance period. I know Nolan, big masters guy, Reed, also a big masters guy. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, they're going to at least, I guess what they announced is that they're going to have fans. So that's great. I checked my emails to see if I, you know, got the old invite that I've been hoping for, for the past like six years or something. Didn't get it. Shocker. But um, we need fans at golf tournaments again because it's just so weird. I don't, I I don't like it. I'm watching NBA basketball with no fans and it sucks to be honest. It, It doesn't feel the same. And um, I hope I hope we can progress forward and get more more and more fans every week. So we'll see. Yeah, I, mean, I think fans need to be at Augusta just so they can get the. Uh, I've never been there, but the uh, I guess the concessions there are incredible for like a dollar or two dollars, some mac and cheese or something. Anyhow, uh, yeah, I think by the end, my opinion, by the end of the Florida swing. 90% of the golf courses will have some sort of fans back and golf tournaments have some sort of fans back. It's the one sport that's outside that you can, I mean, if they're really that worried about it, they can kind of manage it, you know, and use the fresh air per se. But, um, you know, we'll find out what's going to happen in a couple of weeks. But yeah, I think golf is going to be the first sport to allow, you know, a full schedule of fans back in my opinion. Totally yeah. agree. I mean, it makes sense, but I guess it is a bit difficult with the other sports. It does make – I'm sort of shocked that, like, hockey hasn't had fans because you could separate very easily by the seating arrangement, right? Like, you could force people to sit, like, a few seats apart. In golf, you can't really do that. But at the same time, it's outside, and people are not getting COVID outside. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, who knows? The whole thing's blowing out of proportion. I think, obviously, we've got a problem on our hands, but I still think it's blowing out of proportion. Yeah, I'm with you. And then another – big tidbit of news was that the PGA championship moving the 2022 moving in 2022 from 
Trump International in uh, New York. They haven't given a new course yet, but I don't know. To me, I'm not political at all, but I think it's a wild move by the PJ Tour. Like, why not just leave it? Don't bring politics into it. It's a golf course at the end of the day. I don't care. They don't have to mention any politics, which they don't anyways. But I feel like it's just getting into something that they don't need to get involved with. That's an interesting take, Zach. It's almost making it political by saying, we're not going to play here because of the owner of the golf course. Like like in 2022, no one's going to remember. I mean, the guy's not going to be president. People are going to forget about him. I mean, I assume people are going to forget about him. No one's going to be like, oh, we're going to boycott the PGA because in a year from now, they're going to be playing at the former president's golf course. Which like, I don't even know if he even owns, but I just think people have so many political views right now. Whether you're the president of a cupcake shop on the corner or whatever, or president <laughs> of you know PGA of America, like dude, it's uh, it's it's that sign that's like people are starting to unleash what they think, and I mean, kind of who who the fuck cares? Yeah, play golf. <laughs> exactly. But, so that gets us into. Where do we think it it might be played? I, for one, I have kind of one course in mind that I think they could choose that I don't really want them to because it was used recently, and that's Bell Reeve, um, where Tiger played awesome at, though, in 2018. That was, I think, one of the most fun PGA championships um, in recent memory for me, at least. Um, The whole 2018 season, if you don't mind me going on a tangent, was very overlooked in regards to Tiger's career. I mean, 2018 happened, so 2019 could happen. You know, Tiger walked in 2019 so he could run and sorry, walked in 2018 so he could run in 2019. Those finishes he had at the Open and then um, at the PGA and then, of course, what he did at the Tour Championship were huge. But um, Bell Reeve was, like, electric with – um, Tiger mounting a comeback on Sunday and Brooks holding him off. But I think Bell Reeve might be on their, their short list. And then the place where I'd really love to see it is at the home of Reed Martin up in Chambers Bay. I hope uh, I hope we can get another one up there, Reed, sometime soon. Well, dude, they just redid all the greens. They put them to uh, – I think they went bent if I – heard correctly um, i've been there since i've done it and i've heard nothing but good comments about them um so we'll see i mean i know it's kind of a, a different layout for especially for that, that uh, part of the country but it's possible i mean they might try to redeem themselves uh, i've got two courses uh, listed down here as well one of them is kind of a long shot and one of them just might be possible i think uh, at some point they need to try to get back to firestone uh, relive some memories of Firestone. We were just talking about Tiger. Some of those shots in the dark there at Firestone were pretty cool, and I think that that's a golf course that kind of sets up as a PGA style. You know, a lot of – they've been kind of getting away from the, the the tree-lined PGA style, but I feel like that's more how it used to be. Like, it used to be a lot of long tree-lined, big slopey greens, you know, big bunkers. Um, and then uh, maybe Beth Page. I don't know what they think about Beth Page, but it's more of a U.S. Open golf course. But uh, we'll see. I think those yeah, are two possible golf courses. I really like that Firestone choice. That would be yeah. cool. To get. I don't. 
I think was it like a sponsorship issue why the PGA Tour stopped going in there or something something or other yeah. but it's a great golf course so well to to be to be fair when they were rescheduling uh the PGA and whatnot this year um <clears throat> sorry well, at some point they were talking about taking one of them to Firestone is what I overheard maybe. Um, so that, that kind of piqued my interest at that point. I've kind of had it in the back of my head since, and maybe they do too. Yeah. What about you, Zach? Yeah, for me, uh, you know me. I'm not, a, I'm not a course guy, but I'm a course guy's guy. I don't know the courses too well. Self-confess, but I like to see low scores. No, high scores. I like to see the players suffer. So what did I do? I went to Wikipedia, trusty friend, looked at <laughs> the scores from recent years, came up with the highest score, Padraig Harrington, 2006, minus three at Oak Hills. Oak Hills. That's my choice. Make it hard. Right. <laughs> I don't know if you have any recollection of that. I do not. I was like 10. So. <laughs> well, Oak Hills. Is that Chicago? Where is that? Is that Chicago? California? Wait, no, no, sorry. Uh, we're in Michigan. Michigan. I knew it was north. Yeah, I don't know why I said California. I think I was thinking Oakland, so <laughs> got there that way. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think all of our choices are fine, so don't screw it up, PGA. <laughs> fine choices. The last thing I wanted to talk about before we get to a little break, and then we're going to preview the Sony, is uh, the Tiger Woods documentary. I know no one's Got into watching it. Reed, 75% done. So hopefully you didn't miss the good part. But uh, Reed's, been, Reed's been taking notes. He's doing his due diligence as a, as a caddy. Uh, yeah, I, I was starting to doze off during part of it. What's, what's the good part about? Let me know so I can uh, expect but, it. But Nolan, I think, before, uh, before we got started here, you were telling me your thoughts. So Yeah, I think uh, obviously there's still part two to come. And I think there'll be a lot more dirt so to speak in part two um all those kind of outroars we saw from other um golf media outlets who have seen i think they've seen both i'm assuming because i honestly didn't think part one was they weren't like lambasting tiger woods or anything uh if anything um they weren't really ham on Earl Woods, um, poor guy who's dead and can't defend himself right now. But, um, yeah, they didn't do him any justice for sure. They, a lot, you know, if you have read Tiger's backstory, you know he was, he was raised to be a golfer. Um, there's no, there's no doubt, doubting that. And um, they try to make it almost look like Earl and uh, Tita, like, were terrible parents and they made him golf and, and all this. And you know what? They probably did push him towards golf, but you know what? The kid loved it. He was obviously born to play golf um, from, from what we have seen throughout his career. Did they make some mistakes along the way? Like any other parent, a hundred percent. You know, there's some things I had never seen before. And one was like, they brought in, I don't know if you've seen this yet, Ray. They brought in his, like, first girlfriend. Tiger Woods' is, like, first ever girlfriend. Yeah. And yeah. she had a lot of interview time. That was – there was a I was lot. Gonna, I, I was going to mention that. Yeah, go go ahead. 
that was that was interesting. Like I, it was kind of way unexpected. Yeah, I mean, they obviously did it to try and find something negative because otherwise, why are you bringing her in? And they 100% did. Um, it was probably one of them, probably top two, uh, the like most negative points on there. And again, it's towards the parents and not Tiger necessarily, um, because basically they they make it look like, and I want to doubt if it's true that his parents basically made him break up with his girlfriend and it's almost, they, they did it over a note. Tiger like gave her a, a handwritten note, like sincerely tiger at the end, which, Hey, you got a tiger with signature now. Um, but it was very like robotic, the like wording of it and very like, uh, sterile, I would say, I guess. Um, it definitely looked like it had some some parents' influence behind it. So I wonder if um, that uh, I wonder if that note's still around. It's probably worth a lot of money now. She yeah no I think I think in in the interview she's like holding it and reading it. He would be an idiot not to put it on eBay right about now. <laughs> yeah. What's the over under half a million? <laughs> Could be. That is an interesting point there. I'm sure. Oh, I don't know how much you could get for that. Nah, half million. But dude, I, there is some stupid shit that goes for a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, it could be. I feel like it's like a big part of his life. People pay a lot for that stuff. <laughs> for sure, I'm sure Tiger might buy it just so no one can have it. <laughs> yeah, Reed, what did you think of the documentary or what you saw of it? Um, dude, actually, the the the, the coolest part to me was watching him go grow up Mm -hmm. and how like dedicated i mean yes was he was his father an impact on him playing golf absolutely but he was still like very dedicated and focused while he was playing at that young age you know like and so you kind of ask yourself like has he been this good for that long or did he just come out of the shell, you know, when he started playing junior golf? I and mean, was he born to play golf? Maybe, maybe, maybe if he would have played basketball or football or whatever, it wouldn't have been, you know, who, who he is. You know, so maybe, maybe it was it's a blessing that he did play golf. Yeah, I think for sure. I always find that stuff so interesting. Like, also, how much is natural talent? How much is training? Like, if I was in that spot how good would I have been at golf? I always say like, there's no way these guys are just like born to be like great. Like maybe he wouldn't have been the best golfer ever, but I feel like if he had like pretty bad training, he still would have been like making money playing golf. Yeah. But me, so you still got to find your, find your niche too. Like, you know, maybe, maybe you're not a very good basketball player and, but you never find the opportunity or never have the opportunity to even learn playing golf. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever you know, it's just kind of one of those things. But it's I'm happy. I'm happy it happened because it definitely changed the game. Yeah. One of the I remember one of the highlights I liked seeing was back at the 2001 Masters. So they kind of showed like the Tiger Grand Slam, right? And Tiger and Phil were kind of battling in the 01 Masters, um, which Tiger eventually won. Um, but there was a nice snippet in there of Tiger and Phil on hole 13, the par five dog leg left. And uh, Phil rips a nice driver, perfect little fade for a lefty, gets around the corner. 
and Tiger pulls out a three wood and just like busts it like 30 yards past Phil with a three wood. And one, it, it's a it's amazing how far he hit that to see where it landed. Like usually nowadays people are like right at that bend kind of, sometimes they'll go straight into the pine straw and sometimes they'll just curve it barely at that elbow. Um, It just shows you how much they probably moved the tee boxes back, but he's like way left of that bend and probably has like an eight iron in or something. Um, But Phil, Phil said something like, uh oh do you usually hit your three wood that far and tiger said no i usually hit it farther i didn't really get all that one (laughs) just shows you like how much head and shoulders that guy was compared to the rest of the field during especially that stretch of golf i think in in my personal opinion i think tiger woods in his prime was more dominant than any other player in any sport in any in any country in the world. Yeah. Because the guy had a head start before he teed it up because he was feared in the sense that people knew he was better than him. Yeah. yeah and he won like half the tournaments for a couple of years in a row. So, so it's crazy pretty, to look at now. pretty crazy when you end up thinking about it. Yeah, they showed at the 97 Masters, of course, um, the one he wins, and he's a young kid, and he's teeing it off with um, defending Masters champion Nick Faldo, who's, like, th- one of the greatest players on the planet at that point. Yeah. And we all know how Tiger had a 40 on his front nine. Tiger duck hooks his first tee shot ever at the Masters as a pro. And um, Faldo, like, said he – he went like Tiger went left. He went right. They were like playing terribly, and Tiger was able to recover with a thirty on the back nine, and Faldo was not. And it just he was like, "This guy's just better than me, just straight up better." And he knew he knew at that moment that this guy was gonna go on to do great things. So yeah, it was fun to fun to watch. It's crazy just when you look at him in comparison to, like, the guys now who are so dominant. Like, DJ, he's so good. Like, it seems like he just crushes at times. DJ's odds to win, like, any tournament, even, like, a bad field, is, like, 8-1. to one. Tiger was winning every second tournament. And, like, by yeah. all, when he wasn't winning, he was coming, like, second. Yeah. And Tiger was a – he was a co-favorite with Nick Faldo in the 97 Masters. Because I was, like, thinking in my head, I was like, oh, it's like Tiger's, like, first masters as a professional or whatever i'm sure his odds weren't that great yet and nope he was already <laughs> the favorite to win the tournament of all the records in sports i think there's like a couple up there like will chamberlain 100 points or like gretzky 215 points in a season but i think tiger woods made cut streak in a row is like one of the most remarkable things because you can't have a 75 like no. you can't screw up I'd be I'd be curious to what his highest score on a Thursday or Friday was in that stretch. I think I looked it up once, and actually there was even a more incredible stretch in 2006 where, like, he shot above par in a round, like, twice out of, like, 
40 rounds or something incredible. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> how, do you, how do you just not miss cuts ever? It's like Reese said, he was always a step up. But that, that about wraps it up for the first half of the show. We got a couple uh, ads here. So, Reed, I'll shoot it to you first for your ads, and we'll go to Nolan, then we'll recap. We'll give a preview for the Sony Open. Yeah, thank you, Zach. Um, as always, Surf and Turf Golf down in Calgary, sorry, down in Texas, uh, creating unique designs using kind of a surfing, uh, surfing vibe to the golfing uh, gear. Uh, surf and Turf Golf.com, uh, find what you want and put it into the cart, give you, give you a discount. Uh, code is Reed Martin 10, R E I D Martin 10. Give you 10% off. Uh, TD Design out in California, creating custom gear. Check them out. Uh, Forma Cars out in Columbus, Ohio with Mr. Chris Aurelia. Uh, they do some unique designs with some old Cobras, uh, replicas and whatnot. I'll do uh, laser technology. Uh, it's pretty cool. And then to you guys as well, always thank you. Uh, always supporting you guys and always have fun on here. Yeah. Thanks, Reed. Yeah, and uh, also. Also, just a quick shout out here to Sticks Golf. Um, Sticks Golf, if you don't know, they they make golf clubs. Um, they're out of uh, the Pacific Northwest, out in Washington, and they make a really sweet, sleek designed, full set of golf clubs. You can buy them full set or individual. Um, but the good thing about them is they're not your crazy overpriced um, top of the line clubs. They're not your um, cheapos you'll go get at dick sporting goods or wherever uh maybe that's only a couple hundred bucks um they're nice nice set of clubs i tested them myself um they pretty much perform just like my tailor made set um and they got a nice black matte look to them um very very modern um check them out sticks.golf uh, throw in our promo code STADIUM99 and you'll get a nice discount too. Awesome. So this week, we're still in Hawaii. We head to uh, a course that may bring Reed nightmares. Sorry to bring it up, Reed. I don't know if you know what happened here. I think it might be your only dead last finish. Oh, yeah. We uh, we shot a million last year. We weren't swinging it well. And the, I think the the wind was blowing pretty hard too. It's only exponentiated things. And it was, yeah, it was, it was bad, man. Yeah, imagine thinking I wouldn't bring that up. I mean, incredible. Oh, that's all. Good. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that, that, that golf course is um, – it's uh, – get very windy. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm going to ask. It's at Wailea. I think I pronounced it right, Wailea. Well, yeah, golf course yeah, in Hawaii. Yeah. So, Reed, yeah. what do you know about it? Um, so, it's right on the water. Some of the golf course – well, no, I shouldn't say right on it, but, you know, pretty damn close. Um, you know, beach away. Uh you know, it's just an old school country club as you would think of here in the U.S. But add it, add palm trees instead of uh, pines, instead of whatever, and it's just kind of a windy. You know, not very long, but the wind comes into play with smaller, undulating-ish greens, and you know, it's it's cool. Yeah, and the scoring should be a little bit tougher than it was last week. We saw Cameron Smith win last year in a playoff at 11 under over Brendan Steele. We saw Webb Simpson. Another good finish, and he's probably going to be one of the guys to look out for this week. But, uh, Nolan, what do you know about this event? What do you think is something that might help these guys out there? Who's to look out for? 
That's a great question. Um, I've actually, when I've been to Hawaii, I've driven by this golf course a couple times and never, never played it. But um, yeah, I think everything Reed said hits it on the head. Um, it's going to take someone very in control of their golf ball. I'm, just, I'm thinking there'll be a little more wind this week. Um, just pulling out my uh, meteorologist over here. He's saying there'll be a lot of wind. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. But yeah, there's like we were saying earlier, there's a lot of guys um playing this week who played last week, who played well last week. So um we should see oh you know, you think we might see a lot of the same guys up at the top of the leaderboard. Um unless some of the guys who weren't necessarily at the top of the leaderboard can flip the script and figure out what they were doing wrong in, in a few days, but um yeah like i like uh you know if we want to get into some picks i like daniel berger a lot i think i said that last week and he did pretty good um and i think he could do very well again this week um you got you got neiman up there at 25 to 1 um i don't like necessarily picking a guy who just finished second to, to win the following week, even though he's in good form. but And the disappointing second, a rare disappointment. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to bounce back from something like that. But um, the favorites this week are Marikawa and Simpson, I think, and would not be surprised if uh, Marikawa wins for sure. Yeah. Uh, I just chalked up one guy here. Um Charlie Hoffman, kind of out of nowhere, but uh, that guy's I a think first he's a leader if I've ever seen one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he is, and I think, I think it's now or never for him. I think he's starting to get, you know, kind of to that age where he's got to perform if he wants to perform now, or you know, I, I, we, you don't know, but you only, you only can assume. Uh, but that guy is, he, he's been in the hunt a lot, and you never know when he's going to pop off. So if yeah. I was in Vegas right now, I'd throw a small little wager on uh, Charlie Hoffman, maybe maybe amongst a couple other. For your for your guys. sake, for your sake, I hope he's not leading round one because usually he doesn't win. <laughs> right. So we'll yeah. see. If he's not though, guaranteed win, Charlie Hoffman. <laughs> guaranteed win. If I can play him, play him second round bet wherever you can find him, seven million to one. No, I I, I actually don't hate it. He's been playing pretty well. One guy. I love, I said it before, Sebastian Munoz. I mean, he had an incredible week last week outside. Everyone's going to be looking at his overall finish, which might not be so great. But had he shot well at the start, like I said, he would have been right up there at the top. One guy, uh, Reed, I wanted to ask you about. Oh, now I'm forgetting his name. Go on for a second. Well, you know, something I saw interesting was they're putting at least what I am looking at right now is Harris English is at 16 to one. And I'm like, they really, that he's the third highest odds and they think he's going to go back to back. Like no one goes back to back anymore. Unless your name's who, who has gone back to back? Like, especially back to back. weeks. Yeah. There you go. And Todd is the last one. You got me. Yeah, you got me. I mean, Harris English could be this year's Brendan Todd. So, the, the guy I wanted to ask Reed about, maybe you know him. I sort of feel like you probably don't actually. Takumi Kanaya. 
No idea. I mean, I know nothing about him. So this guy's from Japan. He's the top amateur in the world apparently now. He has four straight top tens on the Japanese tour. He made the cut at the U.S. Open. He's just a guy. Keep an eye out. I feel like you might, similar to like Will Zalatoris, you might just see him go out there and have a bunch of top finishes. So that was he's an amateur. He's an amateur still, though. He said no, no. He turned pro, so this is going to be his oh. first event. Okay. Wow. I was going to say the the last amateur still to ever win a PGA Tour event was Phil Phil Nicholson. Really? That's yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Don't know what year that was, but obviously the year before he turned pro. I think I think <laughs> the last one that had a chance was probably Bo Hosso at the US Open. Oh uh, yeah, he did yeah, I remember him doing pretty good there. Bo hasn't done much since he turned pro well, though. I almost hit my father Gary with a oh. golf ball in the head. Fun fact. <laughs> And then he came over, and my dad was like, oh, my God, this guy must be terrible. And then he saw he had a bucket hat. He was like – or no, he has the – whatever it is. The, not the bucket hat. He wears visor. Like visor. Visor. My dad's like, this guy, he knows. He's like, never mind. Must have just been a bad shot. Right over Gary's head. Could have killed Good him. Good old Gary. Would have been a nice lawsuit on the hands, maybe. <laughs> But uh, this is the same event that has the big W, does it not, in the fairway? Yeah, yeah, uh, with the trees behind the green. So is that not from the movie, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World? Or you don't know that? That's an old movie but, that I used to watch. I've never seen it. Like where they find uh, the hidden treasure? So you know the movie Rat Race, right? No, I don't watch movies. I've heard, I haven't seen Rat Race, but I know. Rat I'll Race based on It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. I did not know that. You're going to have to watch it. You'll see the double. How many mads is that, Zach? There's like eight mads in it. That's why it's incredible. <laughs> this isn't a Canadian film? No, it's not. It's like a 19, like, 60s or 50s film that we used to watch in the car. Uh-huh. And when I, whenever I drove to Stowe, Vermont, we used to watch it in the car. Me and my brother, great movie. Great comedy for anyone listening. You got to watch it. You'll see that W. That's where, oh, spoiler alert, that's where the treasure is hidden. <laughs> now i know dang it what are you gonna do you win some you lose some i played at a golf course in hawaii where they filmed i don't know if people watch hawaii 5 but i was like watching an episode and i was like wait a second <laughs> i played that golf course <laughs> so yeah i'm sure they i'm sure they shot films over there all the time oh dude i'm sure it's a popular spot what about uh, what about Webb Simpson, Harris English? They're the two biggest favorites at the event. What do you think for them? I think Webb has a good chance to take it home. Like Nolan sort of said, it's sort of tough to I find to win the next week or to even contend. I mean, you're coming off such a high. How much does Harris English really care about this event after just winning? He just cashed in, probably partied a lot, probably living his best life. Yeah, it's like the equivalent to an NBA road trip and. The Blazers, you know, they have to go out east, and they beat Milwaukee, and then they beat, like, Philadelphia, and then they beat, like, Boston, and then they got to go play, like, the Knicks or something, and they don't even care, and they end up losing. Yeah. So, I don't I don't see him doing great. I'm sure he'll make the cut because he's obviously in good form, but we'll see. Reed, what about you? What do you think, these top guys? I mean, I, th- I think this golf course, it lends itself to – a lot of people playing well because it's not it's just if you're striking it well there's not a lot of trouble you just got to keep it between the trees guide your golf ball you know what I mean so I think I think they have a a good chance at it but I think that 
you know, I think it, maybe their advantage is a little lesser here. Yeah. Then, uh, so to close it off, obviously we got, we read, we know you have some good fun facts for us. We're still going to get to the Tiger facts. Don't worry. No one's got them ready, but read, apparently you got a couple for us. I've got three just because Hawaii is like fun fact capital of the world. <laughs> it is. What is the it highest is. recorded temperature ever in Hawaii? A, 91. B, 96. C, 102. Or D, 113. Isn't like 113 like impossibly high or is it, does it get that high? No, I get it. In Arizona, man, it'll get to like 120 sometime. I mean, maybe, but. What do I know? Not uh, really. That's, with, that's very high. <laughs> I'm going with the highest one then. Okay. I'll go with the C, the 102 or whatever. Highest ever recorded in Hawaii is 96. Ooh. Oh, wow. Not so hot then. Yeah. yeah. It's Hawaii just like always, is the state that grows what? A, pineapple, B, coconuts, C, coffee, or D, sprouts? Nolan, you go for it. I feel like I know this. What? Like, I'm a big Hawaii guy. I'm going to say sprouts. Pineapple. I think it's pineapple. Coffee. Not pineapple? Coffee. So, pineapple. Do you just randomly come up with pineapple as an option? Yeah. I mean, I was trying to think of shit that – you guys would think it's not possible. But wow, that's crazy. So, I mean, I'm sure the U.S. gets a lot of its coffee supply elsewhere, but the fact that Hawaii is the only of, state. Colombia and shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. All right, hit us with number three. Number three. The Hawaii state fish is the – and you got to bear with me here. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know this. I know the name. Huma, Huma, Unu, no, Kuna, Unu, Kua. Botched it. Nolan, you give it a go. Isn't it like Kuma, Numa, Uba, Uga, Uka, Waka, Kuma, Nuka, Nuka, Apua, Haven't you seen? Hold on, hold on. Are you guys looking at the name of this right now? No. No, I've just heard of it. But All right. How many vowels are in the spelling of that fish? A ten, B twelve, C fourteen, or D eighteen. I'm going with eighteen because I feel like there's a lot of double A's and like double U's. I'll go fourteen. It's B twelve. Dang it! That's a lot of vowels. How do you go? Have you guys seen the movie Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Yes. Yeah, a long time ago. Yes, yeah, so you know where the guy goes. What's this? He goes. He's naming all the fish, and then he goes H. State fish of Hawaii. He goes, Huma Nuka Nuka Apua. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Come on, that's the best part. Yeah, but it's still hard to pronounce it, dang it, just because I've heard it. <laughs> we have to rewatch it. Incredible movie. Uh, those are good fun facts, uh, Reed. Very well done. We, we got none right. Yeah. I know you guys, you guys are struggling now. That's over tough, six. Oh, yeah, over six. Jeez. Well, jeez, um, uh, I keep mixing up your guys' names. <laughs> no, and we head to you for a, a couple of tiger facts here to close things out. Yeah, I'll give you one here. Um, it's a 
bit of much to digest, so bear with me and put your thinking caps on, folks. Um, so Tiger Woods is the only golfer to have won at the same course twice in one year, multiple times. His <laughs> he he did it at um, Pebble Beach. He he won at Pebble Beach twice in. Um, the 2000 U.S. Open was one of them, and he won the uh, the AT&T right before it. In in the what when did they hold it? Like in the winter, pretty much, or early spring is when they usually have it. So he won there twice in the same year. Um, and then he also did it at Torrey Pines in 2008. So he won the regular tour stop at Torrey Pines, which is coming up soon. Well, hopefully we'll see Tiger at, and then he won the 2008 U.S. Open there as well. Of course, Tiger is like the only one to do that. That's crazy to even think about. Yeah. Jack Jack has done that once. Um, He he did the same thing Tiger did. He won at Pebble Beach twice, basically. He won a a U.S. Open and – the regular tour stop there because there's not very many opportunities to that like i mean when they go pay, play back page or something like they don't go there twice yeah yeah okay well to close things out i have a perfect way to close it out this is a special segment called how i'm going to title the episode the episode <laughs> will either be titled we are still boycotting hbo or it will be titled we are no longer boycotting hbo so it's like a game show style here reed and nolan if you're going to boycott HBO, you have to have a one up for boycotting HBO and a two up for not boycotting HBO. And on three, we're all going to lift up. And then one is boycott, two is not boycott. Okay. <laughs> okay, ready? One, two, three. Uh, <laughs> me and Reed both to still boycott HBO. All right. Still boycotting HBO podcast. All right, well. From myself, Reed, Nolan, thank you guys for listening to the From the Back Tees podcast. Make sure to subscribe, like, and review. We're really getting up there now. And uh, enjoy your weekend. Number one podcast in Turkey.